Hi friends, welcome to the Like-Minded Radicals, the podcast designed for individuals like you who believe there's a better way to work and live. Welcome to another episode of the Like-Minded Radicals. Our guest today is the visionary founder and CEO of the Mental Health Pack, a movement dedicated to destigmatizing mental health and creating a safe, supportive space for all, one pack member at a time. From mental health first aid training for individuals and corporate clients to the world famous Wolfpack Reset Retreats tailored for men, Nick is redefining how we approach mental wellness. But that's not all. He also provides invaluable resources like career coaching, a thought-provoking mental health blog and newsletter, and a range of self-designed MyPack merchandise that's constantly evolving. He's also my husband's golf partner, helping to keep our household sane and proving that I know cool people who know cool people who do cool things. So please welcome Nick Mayer. Pleasure Thanks. to be here. So happy to have you. I like to start with um, a little bit about who you are in this present moment. We'll talk about your story and kind of how you've gotten to this place. But who's Nick Mayer and what are you working on today? Oh, good question. Um, well, I, I think I've, I've had a little bit of a change in the last few months in terms of escaping the corporate prison and, and setting up my own little business, which is fully aligned to who I am, I believe. So around that mental health space, um, supporting people with the mental health first aid training uh, is going to be my main um, breadwinner, if you like, and also supporting men with, with men's retreats, a bit of campfire therapy and, and goal planning and so forth. So really creating a movement around um, not feeling alone or people not feeling alone that may be suffering from um, or experiencing episodes of, of mental health uh, issues such as depression and, and anxiety. So um, it's taken me a long time um, to be in my late 40s and realise what I really should be doing with my life and that's, that's supporting people uh, in that mental health space because uh, I don't want uh, particularly men, I don't really want people to be feeling so alone and so isolated, particularly in the depths of, um, I wouldn't say despair, but I, I've been in an incredibly low spot and was, was even in touch with Lifeline at one stage, to which got really scary. Yeah. And I, I don't want people feeling like that. So I think there's a real need for uh, particularly men to, to be... Um, able to talk about it a little bit more and I really want to be able to offer that to, to everybody, not just not just men, but I think there's a real need in the workplace, particularly in the corporate space where people are feeling a little bit stuck, um, but also just destigmatizing the whole mental health thing as well. So I guess I've yeah, it's taken me a long long time to get here from wanting to be a, a pilot as a as a as a young boy and, and getting my degree in aviation and then doing something totally different that I never thought I'd be doing. So yeah. um, so here I am I guess. Amazing. I, I think it's such a powerful and important topic to be having. And um, I've noticed actually in Australia, I, I don't I don't know if maybe nateship is actually um, something that really helps yeah. us break down those barriers. But it yeah. certainly yeah. seems that men are able to have those conversations maybe a little bit easier than in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know much about um, how it is in the US, but certainly in Australia, I think the 
um, she'll be right, mate, mantra of, of blokes mm. and, and men and mates and so forth. It, the, the, the barriers are coming down slowly yeah. but surely. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm trying to get in the, the front of the wave to try and speed it along and ensure that, that guys have a very safe and uh, comfortable way to, to, to talk. So um, I... Yeah, I'm doing a few things at the moment. One being, I've just set up a book club. Um, well, book club uh, inverted commas uh, <laughs> for for guys to come together and read nonfiction and talk about it in a very uh, safe and inclusive environment at a pub. So I've called it what is it? Um, Ales uh, and Analysis Assembly. Um, Triple nice, A. Um, nice. So the last Thursday of every month down at the uh, the New Market Hotel here in Brisbane is what what I'll be doing um, to get get guys together and talk in a fairly safe environment, not talking about work or their titles as such. That's banned. Um, so I got the idea from a, uh, a book club called the Tough Guy Book Club, but it was very fiction-based and dead Russian authors, and it just didn't really resonate with me. So I thought, oh, I just want to do something that is more mainstream. Yeah. And so think... we're going to be doing that. So that'll be cool. I love that. Because I, I feel like if you look at the personal development space, it is probably a higher percentage of women, yep. um, you know, and so – yeah, we need to be having these conversations with yeah, men and agree. make that a safe space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just have to spend a day on, on your LinkedIn newsfeed to see that there is um, not a great focus on men compared to, to women in that mental health space. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that I really want to give more airtime to and share my own journey as well and be raw and, and vulnerable, which has been difficult, but I think I need to practice what I preach and, and get out there and say, yeah, there's days that I don't feel great and it's okay not to feel great and, and you know, uh, partake in a little bit of self-care, whether it is playing golf or um chilling out with the dogs out in the back deck or, or whatever it is. So um, I think getting that conversation going and, and more widely accepted is, is certainly a focus for me. Yeah, I think vulnerability is such a powerful leadership trait. It's one of the things I think is going to be um, really important for the future of work is having leaders yeah. who are people, right, showing up as yep. people and showing that they are val yep. valuable and that they yep. have those ups and lows. We all need to yep. take off that mask of professionalism and actually yep. be real with yep. each other. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, um, yeah, like I said, it wasn't an easy thing for, for me to do, but once I've broken that barrier and um, and put it out there, and a couple of years ago I put uh, a post up on LinkedIn regarding a, the, the death by suicide of a very prominent NRL um, coach, Paul Green, and oh, it went viral. I was getting phone calls 12 o'clock at night from, from Northern Ireland of, of people wanting some advice. And I thought, oh, I'm not a psychologist, but look, this is what's worked for me. And I had about 1.5 million impressions on that post just by putting it out there to say, guys, we've got to talk. Men, we need to stop being so stoic, which I don't think was the right term, but we need to start talking. Here's my phone number. So I put wow. that in a post on LinkedIn and it was the only post of mine that's gone viral. And it was just mind-blowing. And, and I think that really triggered something within me that, hey, there's something here to um, explore, get out of that recruitment, talent acquisition sort of field that I was in um, and, and try and help people and, and give something back. And I think that's the part of talent acquisition and recruitment that I really enjoyed was just talking to people with the interviews and the briefing with the hiring managers and so forth. So I sort of tapped into that and um, and here I am set up my own little business, the mental health pack and and, and trying to let people know that they're not alone and um, destigmatizing. Yeah, I got goosebumps like, so. when you were talking about that. 
I mean, oh, yeah, it was. And what yeah, a shift to go from speaking to people who are in that interview process where they're trying to put their best foot forward and they're really mm. portraying themselves as these mm. really strong individuals to actually saying, you know what, I want to flip that coin over. Mm. Let's talk about when we're not okay. How you said at the beginning that yeah. um, this new transition and these new roles really feel aligned to who you are. How did you figure that out? That's a very good question, Kendra. Um, There's been a a few key people in my life, I guess, that have observed some of the things that I've done, particularly in the in the um, the LinkedIn and professional space around supporting people. And um, even had a university lecturer who's still a good friend of mine say, "I think you'd be wasted as a pilot." And uh, in the sense that I was more people orientated, I was more interested about being in the clubhouse talking with the other students than actually being in the aircraft flying. Um, and I think that was a bit of a wake-up call around the whole pilot thing. Um, and and with ADHD, it's probably not a good thing to be a pilot. I get very distracted up there, so um, that, that probably wasn't a very good thing. So um, that was a little bit of a wake-up call as well. But I, I think just by my my very nature and and personality that I am a bit of a people pleaser and uh, a bit of a rescuer um, by trait. So I think that's something that I just naturally align to. And um, like I said, using my own experience of you know contacting Lifeline to to not wanting um, anyone, male or female, to to feel in the the, the dark depths that, that I was, which absolutely scared the living daylights out of me. So um, to be able to give something back is is quite important for me. And, and 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 I don't have children, so I want to leave some sort of legacy, um, be it the book club or the monthly walks I do up Mount Cutha here in, in Brisbane, the the monthly Mary Meander that I do that gets people together every um, the last Friday of every month. So some very early starts, but it's um it's a way of just putting something back into the community and, and hopefully helping people is, I, I think that's at the very core of me. I just want to help people, as corny as that may sound, but that's what I enjoy doing and it's, it's a bit selfish of me, but I get great delight out of helping people. So, um, and that helps with my own yeah, challenges, I think I that I mean, I think that's a bit of a trend. If we really, I mean, it's, it's the human condition is to really actually to want to help people and to create community mm. and connection mm. with others. How do you hold that boundary though, where mm. I mean, you're dealing with, with people and very stressful times. Yeah. How do you not take on? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is very difficult, um, particularly in the work that I'm doing at the moment in that career transition space where people have been mm. made redundant and on their first port of call to, to help them navigate the, the job search journey, if you like. Um, sorry to use that word journey. Everyone just seems to use it. Um, but that's that's something that I take on to heart a lot. Um, and at the end of every month when I look back at my um, uh, participant list, I'm, I'm exhausted because here I am trying to help people navigate this journey, which I've been through myself, being made redundant from a big mining company once. And, and that was incredibly um, heart-wrenching uh, episode to go through. Your, your sense yeah. of identity has gone instantly. And, and supporting people through that um, can be quite difficult. So I think that's where um, those... Uh, 
those re- reset mechanisms like playing golf or taking the dogs for a walk or, or whatever it might be, whether it is just zoning out in front of the TV watching Ghostbusters <laughs> um, over and over, uh, it, it does does help me. So it's really that boundary is very blurred for me given that I invest so much of myself into supporting those people in that career transition space or in the mental health first aid training space. And, um, yeah, one of my mentors in that mental health first aid training space, Julie Gillespie, has um, advised to me, you've, you've got to be very careful in how frequent you deliver those training courses because that will um, take a great deal of energy from you. And I'm like, oh, I'll be right. I'll you know, do them every yeah. couple of times a week and I'll be fine. And, yeah. and she's like, dude, I've been doing this for five years. You've got to be very, very careful that you should be... Um, might be mindful of of how often you you deliver these courses and, and the impact that it may have on on me because I naturally yeah. just want to help people and I've got to draw that boundary. Not being a clinical psychologist, it's it's very difficult for me not to want to help. And whether that's just a typical male thing, you want to find solutions for everything, even when oh, people just want to talk. Um, and my my <laughs> wife will attest to that, saying, "Nick, I don't want you to solve it. Just listen." My husband will attest to that. I don't need you to solve it. Actually, Kendra, thank you. Just listen. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Do you find yeah, on your different. journey? I'm curious. Has your self, like your awareness and your journey, led to any kind of spiritual awakenings, or is there any kind of spiritual elements that maybe weren't yeah. there before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I can't explain it, and I don't want to get get way off track here. But there, there has been an element of um, since reading The Power of Now by mm-hmm. Eckhart yep. Tolle. I don't I know if read you've it. read that book, um, and I'm not finished with it yet um, but my cousin was someone that, that put it put me in touch with it and just that sense of connection with the the wider universe if that makes mm-hmm. sense um, it is quite deep and spiritual but it, it has unlocked some things even so much when I started reading that book I was journeying into the city every day on the train and I would just put my phone down and look out the window and just take notice of the silly things the color of the trees and the sky and the birds and just get connected with um, outside of my immediate realm, if that, that makes sense. And I guess that's been a very big thing for me as well, is realising that um, that element of mindfulness and um, and even meditation has been something that I've started uh, in the last couple of months with the Tibetan Ooh. singing bowls. I don't know if you've ever... So there's a, a studio not far from where we live, and, and they do this Tibetan singing bowls meditation course. And, um, wow, that... that has just had a such a profound effect on me, which I I just thought, ah, oh, it's all mumbo jumbo, kumbaya sort of stuff. Um, but no, I'm well and truly converted uh, to that. And every every Tuesday night, I uh, I go to another place, <laughs> go to another planet. I think with these these bowls that just resonate this vibration near you, and I I cannot explain it. It just does something. Whether it's the frequency that goes through your head, I I don't know what it is, but um, that has changed my whole perspective on a lot of things um, with myself, but also how I yeah, see other people. A, and that's, that's really well, what this so. podcast has been born from, was my own kind of consciousness journey of, yeah, you know, that awakening of stepping outside of yourself mm. and seeing that you are part of this yeah. larger, complex universe. And that, yeah. you know, what we're all looking yeah. for is that connection and um collaboration, um, community. And I think that's what the future of work really needs to focus on is centering on that. So I like that like mental health in one way is a really nice Mm. gateway to this idea of understanding self 
better. Have you done any yep. have yep. you done any yep. kind of self assessments or do you recommend the folks who you're working with through career transition do any kind of um career yep. personality assessments? Uh well the, obviously the um the, the Myers Briggs was something that I did a long time ago. Um and also mm -hmm. DISC was something that I found quite um enabling me to understand myself better. Um, that was something that was quite good. But I think most of my coaching with the participants is really geared towards understanding what their, mm -hmm. their values are and getting that values alignment in their next step. And that's a very common thing with a lot of people is they're realising what their true values are and how it does not resonate with their current um, Mm -hmm. work activity and that's a beautiful thing about redundancy I don't mean to say that lightly but it is a, is a wonderful wake-up call or reset for people in their career and, and not once have I seen any of my participants and I've been doing it for about three years now not one have I seen go backwards from redundancy they've, they've either pivoted or they've just found a new way of, of looking at themselves and their, their situation yeah. and they've thrived so um, understanding those values and, and doing a skills audit and combining those two areas together has been um, a wonderful experience for a lot of my participants that they've they've realised that yeah I really um, like one in particular realised that he should be in government um, working in the IT space and I thought oh that's no, yeah, right? the opposite but um, he looked at his value set and thought wow I think a government role would really suit me and um, and he's having a great old time in the Victorian government amazing so I've had uh, another lady go be a midwife um, in her late 40s go back to university and study to be a midwife so um, yeah there's some wonderful wonderful examples of, of people once they do understand what their true values are and um, and go through a value list and refine that list until they get to their top three and then look at the the opportunities out there as to what may be in alignment with those values yeah. and their skills yeah. as such. And that's, so, yeah. that's one of the things I think, you know, if organizations can figure out how to tap into that and facilitate that experience while people are still mm. with them, um, then perhaps yeah. we actually yeah. can retain top talent and, and create more tenure and yep. create better yep. work experiences Absolutely. where my work style and yep. my work preferences are taken into consideration. And I'm excellent. And I think that's that's the good thing about DISC. It, it's absolutely narrows yeah. down on that, what your preferences are. Um, and also the team understanding what your preferences yeah. are. So they're, they're conscious of, yeah, you prefer to be contacted via email as opposed to being a drop bear <laughs> and just standing at your desk and expecting a, a question. I, yeah. I don't miss drop bears <laughs> in a corporate open plan office. Um, so yeah, that is, yeah, that, that's a very valuable tool uh, to have. But also um, I think with the element of mental health first aid is you go around most offices and you'll see those first aid, like the actual uh, physical first aid signs of who is a, a first aider in the office. Well, what about a mental health first aider in the office that you may be able to have a, a safe space to go talk to if you're, um, you're going yep. through a tough and at time? At my organization, we have mental health allies. And so people are trained, yeah, people Cold. are trained on how to have those conversations and what to do if someone were to come to you. Yeah. And I yeah. love that yeah. we are, Fantastic. you know, I mean, in Australia, are you okay campaign? Um, you know, we've just mm. had Sui uh, Suicide Prevention Day. Um, we are definitely calling more attention to it. But I really do appreciate that you're keying in on, mm. on men's health because I do think that that's an overlooked population mm. where we've really stigmatized it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, 
and a lot of key sports people are coming out. Um, sorry, coming out as by way of, yeah, I'm suffering from a, a mental health condition and I need to take some time out to, to look after myself. Cricket does that very well. Um, and, yeah, this this whole brave, Bro you know, bulletproof mm-hmm. man thing, yeah, absolutely, I think is starting to, um, particularly with the way that the, the world is at the moment with with how men identify themselves at, at the moment, it's it's... Yeah, it's a very difficult and confusing time for a lot of men at the moment, um, particularly for middle-aged white men like myself. Is like, oh, where do we fit in the world anymore? When that's that's all changed, and for the right reasons, obviously. But it's just adjusting to that change, which I think is is quite difficult. And um, back in 2012, when I um, set up the Wolf Pack um, camp for some mates and myself, we we had a couple of um, Bucks weekends away and I thought why don't we do this every year just as a as a reset mechanism to be able to come together have some campfire campfire therapy and sit on the beach and go fishing and and that was it just just men being boys as such and and embracing that and being um, safe enough to to be blokes and and talk footy or whatever it is or golf or um, and just be in that space of yeah it's okay to be a man and and talk about it. if what kind sense. of conversations are you having around those campfires? I mean, is it mostly yeah. the kind of yeah. not getting too deep, but just creating that safe space? Or are you getting into a little bit of the vulnerability? Yeah, it is. What would someone expect from both. a retreat with you? Yeah, I think it is that, that element of, of feeling safe and secure in the fact that you've got other guys around you that potentially could be feeling exactly the same thing. The pressure mm-hmm. of being a dad or a husband or a father or a partner or, or, or a, a, mm-hmm. a business person or, or whatever, a breadwinner, exactly. Um, case in point, last year um, I had the Wolfpack um, up here near Toowoomba and there was a, a close mate of mine. We'd lost a, um, a mutual friend a couple of years ago. He was 43 and, and, and mm-hmm. passed away. And um, my um, a mate that was at the, the camp with us um, is quite, just holds his emotions in very, very well. But um, when we got to his turn to, to share his last 12 months, he just broke down and, and burst into tears and get emotional yeah. now thinking about it but that that element of being around the campfire and, and being with other men that um probably ha- had been through a similar journey with him and for him to open up like that was something that i would never i've never seen him uh cry i've never seen him break down he's an ex um ex-military officer and 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 you know has that that front up but he just something just just broke down and he, and he talked about um our friend that that passed away that we were all um, struggling with, but he was very close to this this guy that, that passed away. So seeing him do that, just thought, yeah, this there's something magical about that campfire with mm-hmm. like-minded men um, to be able to bring that out. It's not about getting naked, holding hands, and singing uh, in in the creeks yeah. or, or anything like that. It's about sitting back, looking at the fire, talking. Not um, not too much. With alcohol as such, um, the, the focus is on really reflecting on the past 12 months about what's what's been the highlight and the lowlights and and what you plan for the next 12 months. So that that element of that that campfire therapy, I think, is it just is, so and important. I mean, I think it's it's such a safe space. It's also it's such a bridge to not that not that the answer is you know naked in the stream singing kumbaya, but that's people's perception and and 
Yeah. And they yeah. might look at you and go, oh, sound bowls. Like, oh, I don't think I'm doing sound bowls anytime mm-hmm. soon. And then, you know, it could lead yeah. to that. I yeah. actually had a very yeah. powerful experience myself recently with sound bowls. And I mean, yeah. so, so incredible. But, but once you start opening oh. up yourself to other experiences, to sharing, to that vulnerability, mm. you know, yep. it really does start to create yep. kind of a, a slippery slope in, in many ways. And you never know where you're going to yep. end up. I mean, that's what this life is yep. about is a human Absolutely. experience and mm. a human experience yep. means getting yep. vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that because going to those, those Tibetan singing bowl experience was really born by a week off for uh, like mental health week for myself um, in this corporate role where my manager Kate said I think you need some time off do you want to take a week off and I said absolutely and in that week I went to yoga um, and I enrolled in this meditation course with the Tibetan singing bowls and that was life-changing all because of that that element of feeling vulnerable and saying to my leader at the time I'm out I, I need some time off and, and she was very supportive of that um, and ironically speaking to her manager about the singing bowls I got a very different reaction of like oh that's a bit odd um, so I just thought, oh I, I, here I was feeling vulnerable and I actually felt worse talking to that senior leader about it however my immediate manager was so yeah. supportive of it um, and it's changed my life for the better and and here we are with the mental health pack now um, out of that that week off that I thought yeah I've I've had enough of the corporate life I need to do something and give something and back. that's so. why I talk about leaders being people because I think had that leader been more vulnerable and, and accepting right mm. I mean that's the type of organization mm. I want mm. to work for I would love to know that my senior yep. leaders are doing Tibetan yep. sound bowls or right that they're having those yep. kind of existential yep. conversations they're having that conscious and awareness yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And I was very, very fortunate that I've I've had a couple of good leaders that have been very supportive of that. One in particular got me to a GP uh, for for assistance as a as a first port of call, and that um, that was that was life changing. And in fact, by her supporting me on that, I actually found that I had. Um, a medical issue with some gallstones that I'd never really thought about and like wow I'd, I would never have gone to the GP if she hadn't have encouraged me to do that um, so and it was, it was a massive gallstone I might say um, and that's now gone but the, the fact that she was encouraging of me to go to the GP which is certainly at the core of what we do in the mental health first aid training is to really encourage people to get um, professional support and um, yeah and I got that first hand so I thought right want to go out and, and encourage people to do the same, particularly yeah. leaders in that corporate space, to be able to enable their team to, to get help and, and feel comfortable in, and in being vulnerable yeah. and getting that help. So tell me more about the Wolfpack. Oh, well, that's just a, a name that, that we gave that back in 2012 and, and we would go over to a place called Morton Island here in Brisbane and, and, and sit on the beach and, and just decompress for, for three days. and um, just get back to, to being men and, and having a bit of a break from the the pressures of everyday life and um, and so when I set up mental health pack I thought well this is an opportunity to offer that to people outside of my network um, particularly um, men's and, and men and um, guys that may be struggling with like I said the pressures of being a dad or being a manager or being a worker right. or, or whatever um, and give them that opportunity to go and as I say decompress and reset so I call them the men's reset retreats and so there's 
opportunity there to look at some goal planning um, sessions, resilience training, um, even jumping in an ice <laughs> bath is something that we've got planned just to really get you outside yeah. of your comfort zone a little bit, but also in a very nurturing and, and safe environment. And I say that in a very masculine way, um, that we're all there to support each other and um, and, and a lot of uh, campfire time as well to be able to encourage those, those conversations. It's not... Um, it's not really a session on um, being too vulnerable, but it, it's being in a very safe environment to be able to talk as men and um, and be able to yeah get hit that reset button and um, be better fathers and and better husbands and better partners amazing. and amazing. so forth. So yeah, I'm really excited about that and getting back into nature and reconnecting and, and earthing ourselves if you like and, and doing some hikes and doing some orienteering and, and just doing some activities that will um, push the boundaries a little bit but also giving you some some solo time to go away and yeah. grab your journal and they'll all get journals. Go find a tree overlooking the valley or, or whatever it is and just have some time to, to reflect on what's important to you or what may be on your mind or whatever. And people say, oh, journaling, I, I can't do journaling. And I thought, well, write a letter to someone that may not be around anymore. Um, similar to my yeah. friend that passed away, I write a letter to him occasionally and just say, oh, mate, this is what's going on. And, and that really helps me. So I've certainly encouraged others to do the same. Don't look at it as journaling or a diary. Look at it as writing a letter to someone and getting your thoughts out on paper and that connection between physically writing and thinking um, has been a very powerful thing for me and whether it helps others. I, I certainly hope to in these retreats that the guys can um, get back to nature and um, just reflect inwardly and then maybe even share that um, around the campfire and then um, then you've got your journal and your workbooks to take home with you and, and when times get tough, refer to them and hopefully come back the following year yeah, another retreat. Yeah, that sounds incredibly powerful. It conjures up this idea of mm. howling at the moon. I'm guessing that you don't. You'd, maybe yep. you do. Well, we can if you want. No, um, the the idea of my logo, the the wolf, um, is really there to protect the pack against the black dog. What I found in the depression space in particular was the black dog was the key focus for a lot of conversations. And I thought, well, what's the remedy for that? And for me, I just saw the wolf as protecting of its pack and the pack being <clears throat> we're not alone as such and, and protecting each other and building a community around um, protecting ourselves against that black dog and supporting each other for the black dog. And when I came up with that wolf logo, I just thought, yeah, I think the pack would be a very good reflection of that. And, and that's where I started some merchandise as well with some shirts with the black dog on it saying, uh, sorry, the black dog, the wolf, um, Apollo the wolf, I call him, um, with my pack written on it so that people can, can wear this shirt or the hat or whatever and think, yeah, I'm part of something bigger than just myself, oh, if that makes sense. And, um, so that's what I'm trying to get to is is start that movement of the pack that people are not alone. And a lot of my posts I do on LinkedIn, I sign off with yeah. you not alone. So and that's very important for me is that people can reach out to me or to Lifeline or Beyond Blue or Men's Line or, or whatever it is, that they've got support around them because that element of feeling alone was something that was just um, terrifying for me in some, uh, when I was in that really dark space. Um, yeah, that was the the core theme for me. And I thought, right, okay, I've got to help people that may feel alone. And I think that's a big thing of depression is that there is a sense of yeah. hopelessness and um, isolation, that you're alone and you're, only, you're the only one feeling like that. And um, I want to reassure 
men and women that they're not alone and whether it's me or whether it's professional help or their local GP or whoever, they've got support around them and um, you know, set up a network of trusted friends that you can call when you're, when you're not feeling good. And, and that is a very difficult thing for blokes in particular to reach out to another bloke or another mate and say, not okay. brother, I'm not, I'm not doing good. I, I need yeah. to talk. And, um, and doing that, even myself doing that to one of my best mates, um, reaching out and calling to him. He was in WA at the time and I, it was so difficult for me to be able to do that. But once I did it, there was no sense of shame or anything like that. It was more relief thinking, yeah, I can do this. I can reach out and, and talk to other people. So I think that's at the core of it for a lot of blokes. And that's where the campfire therapy comes in is to just be... Um, be brave to be vulnerable yeah. if you like it is um ironic no, as that and I sounds think, I, I mean I, it, I think nature is such a powerful opportunity to ground yourself like you said to kind of earth yourself um and and the moon the moon yeah. actually for me was where a large part of my journey actually started was like with understanding the cyclical nature of the moon and and i started with some you know mm. rit, kind of moon rituals my son and i will go out we'll dance oh, in wow. the full moonlight um, we've, you know, yeah, like oh, wow. we're, we're embracing it because it is that cyclical nature. Yep. Like I cannot think about something. I can't, I cannot think about my own journey or my own growth for an entire month and a full moon comes mm. and it makes me just stop and pause mm. because I know that it's bringing new energy. And so I think that cyclical nature makes you continue mm. to check in with yourself. So maybe that's something powerful yep. you can share yep. with, with your members. Um, because it is, it's, yeah. it's necessary that we have those moments that we check in with ourselves because it's very easy yeah. to get yeah. caught up in the mundane of daily life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I put calendar reminders in my phone just to, to alert me to stop and reset and recalibrate yeah. if, if I need to, um, because I will forget it because that's welcome to the ADHD mind, which you know all about, um, it's it's very hard to to bring yourself back in the moment because you're just yeah. chasing squirrels constantly, which yeah. is exhausting. Um, I love that idea yeah. of recalibration yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 and I think that that's well, that works for me. It may not work for others, but I find that I need that visual prompt on my phone to say yeah. stop, turn your phone off, um, get your feet in the grass out the backyard, or, or whatever it is, and or book um, a weekend away to get get sand between my toes, um, which I think is a very powerful thing. And But I need that visual cue, and that's not something that um, is easy for me to do unless I sit down and, and physically put something into my calendar. That's a really me. good tip. Any other nuggets of mm. inspiration or tips for someone who maybe is caught up in the day-to-day -day of the corporate world? Yeah, I, I think it's – well, that's probably the thing that works for me most, but also routine, I think, is – is setting that routine and yes I have read Atomic <laughs> Habits but I think that um, yeah engaging in a, a, a daily activity that is consistent helps keep me on track as well in terms of even the, um, the sleep routine at night is 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 that wind down process to help me sleep at night is very important for me and also forcing myself to read a, a paper book not on my phone um, it is a bit of a battle but um, it's something that helps me greatly, so it may help others as well. Is is just having those those cues to be able to prompt you to say, right, I've got to stop. Yeah, I've got to stop watching the TV or whatever it is. Let's just go do our wind down routine, which is you know whatever yeah. it may be, and and doing things that, that that help you. But having those yeah 
those daily habits really, really do help me. For those listening who may, might be interested in following up with you or learning more, where could they go yep. to find you? Yep, um, mentalhealthpack.com.au will get to my website and you'll see the big wonderful wolf on there. Um, or, yeah, they can certainly contact me on, on LinkedIn. Um, my URL extension on LinkedIn is Nick Mayor Mental Health. Um, so they'll be able to find me there and connect with me that way. So well, yeah. this is fun, actually. I mean, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. I think it's a really valuable mission. And like I said before, I think it's very much a gateway to creating a better workplace experience when we can start to have these conversations and be vulnerable mm. with each other. And, and like you said, take that time yep. to step away. Um, I feel like we could probably talk for mm. another hour. Yep. <laughs> I feel we could too. <laughs> Which is a good, a we'll good time. For exactly, time. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be setting up a podcast as well, the Man of nice. Clock, I'm going to call it. And um, yeah, I'd love to get you on yeah. there and um, and have a chat. So, like I said, I've got the um, I've got all yeah. the equipment. Um, I've just got to learn how to use it better. And um, I always wanted to be in radio as a kid, so this is really scratching that itch as well. So that'll be that'll be launched oh. in the next few months. And um, awesome. yeah, very excited. Yeah, yeah it's super wait. fun. I'm really loving this just opportunity mm. to ask questions and to formulate my own opinions mm. about what the future of work looks like and what conversations yeah. need to be had, what yeah. questions we need to be asking of our bosses or our superiors yeah. um, or those even that we're, yeah. uh, we're leading. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. I think it's a it's, it's a wonderful idea of your podcast. So I'll certainly be um, tuning you. into it a bit Thank more now, you. which will be good. Yes, listeners, please. And I'll spread the word on LinkedIn <laughs> as well. Excellent. So. Um, I appreciate that. Well, thank you for your time um, and look forward to chatting and connecting more soon. Excellent. Can't wait. Thank you so much for having me on.